Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant and the founder at Boldside. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. Emily Bowen here, COO of Rare Kind. And today on the show, we're talking about what to do if your boss is passive aggressive. And it's hard to know whether or not the passive aggressive boss is better or worse than, say, a micromanaging boss, but I reckon it's got to be up there. So let's get into it. All right, so let's say your boss is passive aggressive and we know that this is a really painful problem to be facing. So first off, we want to say, oh, we feel you. It's a really tough thing. We have eight things that you can do to deal with a passive aggressive boss and either make it better or decide your next moves. So, and what's the first one? Hit us with it. Yeah, this for me has to come first and it needs to continue as you navigate your way through our next seven. So number one is don't play their game. Don't stoop to their level. Don't become passive aggressive yourself and think you can fight fire with fire. Yeah, that's so true. And it's really hard not to get sucked in or drawn into the way that they're communicating. And I think one of the hallmarks of a passive aggressive leader is that it's confusing. It is. It's unclear. It's indirect. It's got that eye roll sitting behind it. And we we don't want to become that for our own sake, but also it will only inflame the situation and that's not what we're here for. So make that decision from the outset. Don't play their game. Next is double check you're not misinterpreting the communication. Yeah. So this is a little like two second check-in, a little mirror moment where you just go, hang on, before I jump to conclusions, can I just make sure, sense check, sanity check, that it's not me who is, dare I say it, overreacting, misunderstanding or misinterpreting the conversations, the communication. And the way you could go about this is to try and step outside yourself, be as objective as possible and observe how is that boss communicating with other team members. If you do have a team um, mate who maybe you have really strong trust with and you feel like they could be somebody who has like a level head on their shoulders, then you could also check in with them and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. I just wanted to see, is that how you know you feel as well or am I imagining it? A really good way of doing this as well is looking at how they are interacting in team meetings and seeing the communication style, if it's different based on the person who's contributing, let's say your teammates presenting something in a team meeting and your leader or boss treats them differently, well, then you can start to see that disparity in how they're behaving. And that can be really helpful for you of going, is this about me? Are they kind of targeting me in their behavior? Or is this just how they are with everyone? Yeah. So these two, step one and step two for us are really those foundational checks before we move on. 
Okay, so now we've made that commitment to self to not play the passive-aggressive game and we know that we're not misinterpreting that being our boss's style. The next thing we want to do, number three, is make sure that we have a support network in place that is external to work. So that might be a friend or a mentor or a collection of people. It could even be, um, you know, from I guess a more formal therapy point of view, that you actually have some unbiased support in your network. And the reason why this is important, and particularly as you go on this journey, is because given that the nature of passive aggression is unclear, it's indirect, it can lead you to second guess yourself. So this can be an emotional process. It can be a tolling process when you're working with a boss who is passive aggressive. And what we don't want is we don't want you to fall victim to that in a way that ends up sort of rattling you. Yeah, it's really interesting, Em. I love what you're saying around it can be very emotionally exhausting and it can really rattle people's confidence because they start to get in their head. And I think if you've ever worked for a passive aggressive boss, you know this so well of you start to question everything you're doing when it's actually about their behavior. Yeah. Like you second guess, is this going to be good enough? Am I going to be faced with uh, feedback that isn't clear or makes me feel like I don't really know what direction I'm heading in, if I've done the right thing when I thought I was? And that can be a really confusing time. There's just so many unknowns. And I think that's what knocks people's confidence because it's like, well, how is this person going to show up today? Are they going to be sitting back and and just like you said, the eye rolls or or they're taking notes and you're wondering, what are they writing down? Like, they're not going to give me any feedback about it, but I feel like they're criticizing everything I do. There's just so many unknowns working for someone who is passive aggressive. And so really getting that feedback from other people and other sources and sense checking things along the way is what can help to keep you grounded when you're working for someone like this. And it's not easy. Like it's not easy being in this position. But remember that if you've looked through and you've diagnosed, well, this is their, this is actually their style, put the problem where the problem rests. Don't take responsibility for their poor leadership behaviour but put it back and go, okay, this is about their style. I need to work out how I navigate it, but you don't need to take on all the ownership over their um, poor communication style. Yep, absolutely agree with that. So next thing we want to do, number four, is we want to get super clear on the expectations. We've just described how a passive-aggressive boss will often be unclear and indirect. You know, we're using those words often. And so we want to do what we can for number four, step number four, to flip that and make sure that we know what is expected of us. Yeah, you want this to be crystal clear. One of the things you need to do is get super clear on the expectations. So anytime you're working, let's say you're working on a project and you're having a one-on-one meeting with them, take notes during the meeting, which is just like a given for most meetings that you're in. Yeah, that's natural. Like it feels... Pretty normal. That's right. And so take notes. And then at the end of the meeting, I'd encourage you to put them in an email and say, hi, boss, just confirming this is the thing, steps we said we would take. And so these are the actions I'm going to take. And that way you're actually getting it documented and putting it in writing so that you've got something there to back yourself up if it comes back out later that they say, well, you didn't deliver on this or, or they're talking to other team members saying, Shelley dropped the ball on this particular 
project, you've got a record there that you can go back to and go, no, we did clarify this in our last meeting. And so you can feel confident that you've made those things as clear as possible at the time. And another, and forgive me, but another reminder, let's not play their game. So when you're communicating, hey, just recapping, here's how I understand what's expected of me in this output. You're just, you're doing that in a really cooperative way. You're not doing that in a threatening way. Uh, The other thing I would add though, is it gives you that anchor. So in the future, if for some reason you feel like, Mm, okay, I'm getting, you know, this passive aggressive feedback that I've missed the mark. It gives you the opportunity to sit back down and have a conversation and go, oh, can we just recap? Have the expectations changed? Because if they have, no worries, but let's talk about it and let's map them, map those changes against the original email recap. So good, Em. We're going to take a break now and we're back in a sec. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right, number five. This is a really important one. Don't gossip. Seriously, I've got my highlighter out. I'm going over this one. So passionate about this. And particularly when you reflect back to this idea of having a support network in place. We want to make sure that, yes, we have a support network in place that is unbiased. We would recommend they're external. And we want to remember that when we feel like we need to lean on other people so that we channel that support network and in, and do that instead of gossiping. Because often that gossiping is much more, e- like it's easier internally and it gets a bit of a life of its own and that's not going to do anyone any favours. And we're not saying don't vent. You can vent to, but we're talking about, remember we mentioned those safe people before. So find those mentors, those external trusted people, and you can talk through all these problems to them. But we don't want to, one of the things that happens and another signal of a passive aggressive boss is they tend to stir up office politics. So they're the person that's like, They've got the big cauldron of office politics and it's bubbling away around them. And so gossip is a, is adds fuel to the fire of those politics. So we don't want to do that. We want to be the person that's doing the, the opposite. So find those trusted people, vent to them if you need to, debrief 
with the right people and really what we want to be doing is pushing against those office politics that are unhealthy and unhelpful and it's a really I've got to say it's a really hard thing to do because when you're annoyed and when your boss is being a bit of an idiot like the natural thing is to go and complain to your teammate sitting right next to you but we would just be cautious about doing that because you also don't know the types of conversations your boss is having with all the other people in your team anyway. And I worry that it will add to your sense of confusion. And while it might feel like a release in a moment, like the short term, get it off your chest, have somebody next to you say that they agree with you, over the medium to long term, it will not be constructive. It will offer you a greater sense of discomfort than you're actually looking for. Yeah, you're right, Em, because it, it, it erodes the safety yeah. and trust. And already with a passive-aggressive boss, you don't have a lot of sense of trust and safety. And so gossiping about it further, it it takes it lowers the trust that's already not there. So it's a tough thing to do. We're not saying it's easy, but it is a really important step. Don't gossip. What's the next one, M? So the next one, and, and this is, you, you're probably all going to listen to us and want to just give us a bit of a, an eye roll, actually, um, speaking of eye rolls. And that's because step number six is remove the emotion. And you're going to be thinking, how the heck do I remove the emotion from this scenario? What are you girls talking about? But let us encourage you to try your best to do that. And instead of applying emotion through this process, we would recommend you be curious. Yeah, this is a really important one. So one of the things that I do in my work is help leaders suspend their judgment. So it's how do you suspend assumptions? How do you stop the judgment and and go into situations like this where there's maybe a bit of underlying conflict and apply curiosity, apply empathy for that person? So instead of I think about the bad boss label M and a passive aggressive leader is certainly someone we'd consider a bad boss. But I think labels are really unhelpful because they make it seem like, well, that's you, you are bad. And instead I like to think of it as a bad boss moment. Like, are you having bad boss moments regularly? And so if you're in this situation, instead of thinking they're just a terrible leader, think they're having bad boss moments. And it gives you a sense of empathy for them. Leading people is a really difficult role. So if you can apply curiosity and empathy, it will really help you to see it in a different way and kind of reframe what's happening and just have a bit more of a healthy response as opposed to feeding the emotion of it. I feel like what that would also do is it would lift the load. It would lift the toll that we talked about that this can take. It can be taxing to work with somebody who is having bad boss moments frequently. We know that. And so by being able to suspend your judgment and instead focus on curiosity and empathy, what you're able to do is not feel attacked, not feel like this is something that's coming at you or happening to you, but instead go, well, this is their thing. I happen to be impacted by it right now. I'm going to choose, a, you know, these actions. I'm going to follow these eight steps. I'm not going to play their game and I'm going to see if I can make it work for me. And if I can't, I can't and that's okay. But let me play it out and see what I can do where I'm not having those bad moments. That's right. It just gives you the ability to rise above it as best you can. 
All right, number seven. Oh, this is a scary one, Shell. <laughs> it's but funny because we do, we, as we were planning out this episode, this one kind of came to us late in the piece because we were just thinking about. But it has to be part of it. And we should, you know, break the suspense, but it has to be part of it. So number seven, talk to them. Oof, talk to them about the problem. Now, we often, you'll hear us say that we your boss is not a mind reader. We need to have healthy conversations in the workplace and this is one of them. So talk to them about what you need, not what they aren't doing. Let me say that again. Talk to them about what you need, not what they aren't doing. And the reason why I say that is because it's a nice way to frame it for that leader, but also when someone's passive aggressive, the fear is that you don't know how they're going to take what you're saying and, and you'd never feel like you're getting the full picture. So by going to that leader and saying, hey, this is what I'm I'm hoping to get from you, it can put it in a way that they actually want to help as opposed to going to them and saying, hey, I think you're being a bit passive aggressive, which obviously is going to get them on the defensive and not helping or leaning in. Yeah, so we're making it about you. And the other thing that this does is if we're going through a process of working out can is this a workable situation you know can I hang around and be productive in this environment with this boss who has bad boss moments frequently then what you're turning up to this conversation asking for is what you need and if they don't end up being able to deliver on that that helps you kind of work out well maybe it is time to move on yeah it's a decision making marker kind of you you want to tick this one off because I think every person deserves the chance to improve every person deserves the chance to hear your concerns and try to fix it and our challenge is often to you guys and this is another moment for that to provide feedback to your boss now it's all about how you go about that but uh, so often we expect that our bosses give us feedback and a missing link in a really productive uh, working relationship. And Shell, you're certainly a champion of this, is the feedback that we actually offer to our boss in return. That's right. So if you're going to do all these steps, sit down with your manager and say to them, what you're not getting right now and what you feel like you need. So the way that I would do that is to talk to them about, okay, hey, boss, I'd love to chat to you about what I feel like I'm not getting in my role at the moment. Can we have a conversation about that? And then start to raise the things that you're missing. Go, one of the things I've observed is that I feel at times I lack clarity about the projects that I'm working on. I feel like sometimes the goalposts are changing and that makes me feel like I'm not being productive and I'm not achieving in my role. And for me personally, I really need to feel that in order to be doing my best work. So what I would love from you is some more clear feedback and I'd also love more clarity about the strategic direction of our team. I wonder as well, I'm going off script a little bit here, Shell, but I'm thinking about the earlier step where we recommended writing down or recapping the expectations in an email and then forwarding them to the boss to say, hey, just checking we're on the same page. You could potentially have this conversation early and say, you know, so here's an idea I had. If it's okay with you, after we have a conversation about what you're expecting, it would be really helpful to me if I could recap that in my own words, shoot it through to you in an email, get your thumbs up and then push on. Because that's a really practical, I guess, mechanism for finding this clarity that you're seeking, having their involvement in it. But it also 
I feel, gets their permission for you to do that process so that they don't start thinking, what's this, like, where's this coming from? Why is this person putting this in writing? Like, I wouldn't want them to be threatened by that. Yeah, that's a really good point, Em. And it's also making their job easier in a lot of ways. So it's it's positioning it in that way of going, hey, I just really feel like this is something that's helpful for me and could help you and mean that we're both on the same page. Yeah, what's, you know, what's not to love? What's not to love? And it's a really constructive way of solving a problem. And so when you're going into that conversation, I know that safety is a really big concern when you're working for, and I know we mentioned it before, when you're working for a passive aggressive manager. So plan out the discussion beforehand, write down how you want to frame it, frame it from that, in that way of curiosity and empathy. Use your support network, perhaps even do a dress rehearsal, a practice run where you speak out loud to your trusted external advisor, buddy, whoever they might be. That's it. Love it. All right, the last one in our eight uh, ways that we feel like you can best deal with a passive-aggressive boss and we're at the end of the line. So it's consider when to leave. Yeah, you don't have to stay there. You don't. If you have tried everything and we feel like having stepped through the seven steps leading to this last one would be a pretty good sign that you have, then it might be time to move on. And your boss has such a disproportionate impact on your engagement at work. Like it's just crazy how much working for a bad boss is just so, it it really does affect people's mental health. It affects so much of your life. And so go through the process, look for the signs that this person might be able to work on it and improve. But if not, you, you don't have to stay there. We, we want you to be happy in your career. You deserve to be happy. So find the next opportunity. And if it is really particularly bad where it's getting to feel like bullying or any of those kinds of things, there's obviously a different avenue to deal with those things. So we just want to say that up front. But if you're not seeing the changes or improvements and there's no positive momentum forward, well then, yeah, like we think opt out. Mm, You can unsubscribe, you can move on. Uh, with your head, head held high that you have tried everything and you haven't stooped to their level. Haven't played their game. Love it. Well, that's pretty much it from us. Yeah, we hope that's been helpful. We know that uh, we're not alone in having experienced passive aggression in the workplace. Oh, it's not such a horrible thing. But if you have any positive wins and stories, make sure you hit us up. You'll find us on LinkedIn. Flick us a message. We love connecting with you there. And... As always, if you enjoy the show, we'd love your feedback. So give us a five-star rating and review and it helps us to get the podcast out there. Thanks, Shell. Thanks, guys. See ya. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.